one of the frustrations I see on that is that you it doesn't actually tell you the the shipping costs until you're on the, the billing page. So and, let, and this is a common mistake that e-commerce businesses make is they don't actually declare what the shipping costs are up front. If you don't know what those exact users' issues are with your website to try to convert them better, and user experience people often will claim that they know what is best for the users. So on today's episode, you're going to find out why conversion research is the goldmine for increasing e-commerce revenue. It's a great episode. You do not want to miss it. So do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Hey, 2Xers, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kunde Campbell. The 2X e-commerce podcast show is dedicated to digital commerce insights for retail and commerce teams. Each week on this podcast, we interview either a commerce expert, a founder of a digital native consumer brand, or representative from a best-in-class commerce SaaS product with a title remit to give you ideas you can test right away on your brand. So you can improve commerce growth metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately your gross merchant value or sales. We're here to help you sell more sustainably. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. Now on today's episode is really, really interesting because the um, the person I'm about to introduce you to, his, his name is Rich Page. Um, I have come across him several times. Um, I'll give you a little story. So back in 2014, when I decided to move more from a generalist digital marketer you know, largely SEO, into the world of um, like e-commerce. Um, one of the disciplines I realized that um, I needed to sort of, um, you know, understand and to a sense actually master was conversion rate optimization. And, and so I started to sort of link up with the greats of in the industry, like, you know, Pep Liar. I spoke with Ni, Ni Ayal in this show. Um, and I started to get get a good big picture of, you know, all the major players um, across the world, you know, um, across North America and the UK and Europe, essentially on conversion rates optimization, just the greatest minds. And one name kept popping, you know, in and out as a consultant. Um, his name is Rich Page. 
and you know we've been um, sort of um, colleagues in person. Um, we haven't really engaged you know, per se, but his name has been coming on in and out as a as an authority. Um, and so when the opportunity arose to bring him on the show, when it came came to me, I, I seized seized that opportunity. And, and here today, he's about to talk about the what you're about to listen to is is my interview with him, where he he delves into the gold mine of conversions of increasing actual e-commerce revenue, which is understanding essentially what customers are thinking, you know, through research, you know, deep research, you know, whether it's, um, you know, qualitative research through visitor surveys, customer surveys and user testing and actually qualitative. So he talks about starting from a qualitative and then using the qualitative data to inform the kind of questions you ask ask at a qualitative level, at a one-to-one level. And I think this just speaks to, it just makes a lot of sense um, because at the end of the day, we're designing our experiences for customers. It's all about customer experience, you know, whether it's your, you know, um, your purchase experience or your post-purchase experience. It's all about the customers. It's all about customer centricity. So it's it's a it's an interesting, you know, conversation. We talk about A/B split testing, um, the the merits and demerits, um, and you know, some misconceptions around, you know, just testing in general and his CRO methodology. He talks a bit about his book. His book is called Website Optimization an Hour a Day. And um, this essentially forms the foundation for you to start to run test for you to foundation for your CRO activities, for your testing activities. A really, really interesting conversation I had with him. Um, another Thing to be aware of is optimized. You know, he's he's worked with over 100 online businesses, some of which are Disney.com. And I, I'm not sure if you remember my interview with, with Onbound Marino, the founder of Onbound Marino. Well, he's he's done the, the CRO for them. Um, you can find him on richpage.com, rich page.com. I'll link to it in the show notes anyway. Great convo. Enjoy the convo. Um, I'm sure you'd enjoy it anyway. And yeah. I shall see you on this side, but before I, I, I leave you, just a foot for thought, um, I put out a post on, on my LinkedIn. If you haven't you know, already you know, sent me a friend request on LinkedIn, do, do send me a request. So I put out a link on, on LinkedIn the other day saying that um, we are going to, um, you know, we're, we're, we're essentially going to, to have an in-person event. We're bringing the community together. Um, on on in London in person it has to be in person and um, I got a lot of interest a lot of interest I've got lots of DMs and I am putting together my team actually and um, both the team in 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 two X and Octelian are putting together um, an event that you would not forget it's going to be very centered around operators um, and and so we're 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 making some big invites and. Um, just expect some announcements. It's looking like it's going to be in the month of May, um, 2022. Let's see. Over the coming weeks, I will give you more um, information on that. But for the meantime, or in the meantime, enjoy this conversation I had with Rich Page all around conversion rates optimization. Cheers. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like 
Brooklyn in, none and chubbies. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. So welcome, Rich. Um, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I feel like I've known you like forever because um, of the amount of um, impact you, you you have in um, on LinkedIn and a few other groups I've, I've you know we, we've crossed paths on. Anyway, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. And um, if you could just take the next minute or two to introduce yourself, it'd be brilliant. Yes. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I've, I've seen uh, you, your name and um, your podcast around for so long now, and it's a privilege to be on your podcast. So yes, just to introduce myself, my name is Rich Page. I'm the CEO and founder of my own consulting business, Rich Page Website Optimizer. I've been doing this for, I've been doing CRO now for 15 years. So when I've, um, I started off doing web analytics, then moved into CRO, and then I ended up um, doing a website usability thesis for my master's. Then I work, I've been I've worked for Disney Online in analytics, and then I quickly started to realize that it's not just doing the analytics. You need to then when the insights that you've got from doing anal- analytics, you need to then help understand what you can improve on the website. You know, I didn't want to be a um, reporting monkey that just gave reports to someone else that. And then I hoped that they would do it. I wanted to actually say, okay, well, I've, I've noticed that there's a problem with the homepage or checkout or something. Um, and that's why I then started to realize, oh, the CRO thing is getting big. And I actually read an amazing book by Brian Eisenberg called Call to Action. And I thought, yes. wow, this is amazing what you can do with CRO. So I started to get into that. And then I actually, I didn't think that one day I would end up writing a book on conversion rate optimization, which is website optimization an hour a day, which is actually now 10 years old. Wow. Yes. So, um, but yes, I, I specialize in conversion research for um, commercial optimization for e-commerce and SaaS businesses. For e-commerce and SaaS businesses, 15 years is a long time. And, and I, I like to ask questions, uh, this, this question to, 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 you know, people with, 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 this, with, with this length of, uh, of career, which is how has e-commerce from your perspective, from your first party perspective, how has it changed over these last 15 years when, you know, you started? What, 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 the, what have been the macro trends um, you've seen in the last um, decade or, or more? I think one of the biggest things, particularly recently, is the, the bar that you have to hit in terms of user experience and commercial optimization best practices is now so high that if you don't do that, one of your competitors will be doing it better than you and you will be losing a considerable amount of your traffic and therefore sales to those mm. um, businesses that are investing in CRO and UX more than you mm. are. Um, and one, I mean, obviously Amazon has hugely changed things as well. That's probably the single biggest impact in, that I think of in terms of e-commerce. And one thing in particular, free shipping and free returns. I think, you know, mm. even when they started to do it, they didn't always give you free returns. I remember if you bought certain things, you couldn't return it easily. You had to give them reasons. But now it doesn't matter yeah. what you buy, you just return it. So that actually has a big impact on smaller businesses who are indirectly competing with them 
And I find that if you don't offer free shipping and free returns, then if you've got your products are also similar to what's on Amazon, they are your competitor and it's very hard to beat that. So I think that is one of the biggest challenges um, facing e-commerce now because of these giants out there that are potentially taking away a lot of your customer base because in particular, Amazon Prime. That's a very salient point, a very, very salient point, that convenience, that customer centricity. I mean, ecological, there's an ecological impact to, to all of this because, um, you know, return wastage is, is at an all-time high. But, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's addictive. If you know that, um, you're gar- that, you know, that purchase is guaranteed, you know, nothing can really go wrong for, for Amazon at the, at the moment. What I do is I, um, I print out the Royal Mail. We have a, a lo- local Royal Mail in, um, the post office in, um, in the, in the co-op and which just drop it, you know, you scan, exactly. scan from so the easy, phone and then you just drop. It is so easy. It's a very, very salient point. My own takeaway over the, cause I've been around for a bit, maybe a decade or so, or, is is really that um, the, the the changing of guard in mid tier e commerce from Magento to like Shopify Plus and you know these other SaaS um, e commerce platforms that have just made agility and getting into business real fast. Oh yeah, definitely. Shopify has been great for that. It's been it's been insane. Right. It's been insane. Yeah, Shopify is just everywhere now, and yeah, I think one of yeah. the challenges with that though is that if, unless you're on the pro version, you you know you can't even customize the checkout properly. Exactly. You're stuck with what Shopify thinks you need to do. You know, one exactly. one of the frustrations I see on that is that you it doesn't actually tell you the the shipping costs uh, until you mm. put your credit card detail until you're on the, the billing page. So unless okay. and this is a common mistake that e-commerce businesses make is they don't actually declare what the shipping costs are up front. And again, if you're competing with Amazon, you're going to get to the checkout and you're like, I still don't know how much it's going to cost to, to get this to me. Exactly. So there's another reason why Amazon is winning that. And if you're using Shopify, the basic account, if you don't know that these mistakes you could be making, then you're potentially losing a lot of people from shopping cart abandonment. That that is another very 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 important point, and you often find even um, you know the, the the Shopify Plus merchants um, do not do much customizations and on on their checkouts, you know, yeah. um, which again it's it's costing them a lot from a conversion standpoint, and and they don't know they don't yeah, know. which is and then it depends on you know many e-commerce businesses are you know they're led by. Um, a founder or something that may not actually know anything about Sierra or UX and maybe wants yeah. to do it the way they want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a term I always like to say is a hippo, highest paid person's opinion. So yep. they can obviously, they can o- often do things that are not the best thing to do for user experience and conversion mm-hmm. optimization. And they don't know that they're even making these mistakes. So like yeah. maybe they have, maybe they have an online marketing yeah. person that disagrees with them. Or uh, mm-hmm. all right, maybe if they're lucky to have enough web analyst, then they may disagree with them. But ultimately, it's their business, so they and they don't understand. Yeah. It should be more about customer centricity, about what they want, what works for them, what the problems are they're having. Which is why this conversion research is so problem. It's such a big thing. It's so so important. You you, you often find that um, you know founders have this problem with. Um, 
they're, they're either very emotional about um, you know their their their, organize, their 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 companies or their business or their brand, and they can't really detach their personalities from it, and it's an ego thing. Yes, and often, yeah. You you you'd, you'd never ever you know be able to to grow into a systematized organization if you know if you don't put in the experts there and separate yourself from from operations which yeah no it's, which it's, is another um, topic for for conversation exactly, yeah. um, but but let's focus on CRO you're you're an expert CRO um you know you're a CRO expert i've often wondered when to consider conversion rate optimization versus say you know rethinking user experience um or even like um you know just redeveloping, a, redesigning a website, you know, changing the experience in, in the website. Do you want to sort of <clears throat> take us through these options available to, to listeners, particularly, you know, e-commerce directors, you know, thinking, okay, should I go a CRO approach or should I um, improve UX or you know, what sure. is the best approach from your point yeah, definitely. of view? So I think in, in terms of my perspective about CRO, to me, user experience is one of the most critical parts of CRO. Because ultimately, if you're not um, improving the user experience of your website and your users, then they're not going to convert. So they actually go hand in hand. So some user experience people might say CRO is different, but to me, they overlap um, significantly so. So you can't do CRO without doing user experience. So for example, one of the things I see is that bigger e-commerce brands, they want to get into personalization. But if you do personalization on a website that doesn't have good user experience, that people don't know, they, they can't navigate your, your website properly. They, the, 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 um, the forms are hard to fill in, their filters are not good, then it doesn't matter if you personalize it because it's still, I mean, I, I like to use the analogy of lipstick on a pig. It, it's exactly. Personalization is the lipstick and the website's the pig. It's still, it's still a pig. <laughs> so Absolutely. Um, that, that's, that's why it's really important to get this user experience right. And, and there's certainly best practices you can do with, with the user experience. But then if you don't know what those exact users' issues are with your website to try to convert them better, um, and user experience people often will claim that they know what is best for the users. But unless you're a UX researcher and you do a really good job of understanding your visitors, you won't really get to understand you know, what the types of issues that they're having with your website. And a lot of businesses make, make the mistake of just redesigning their website using UX best practices. Um, and they do, they do generally a good job of that. And, but they don't really understand what the, the, the main issues were all on the website. Currently, they may understand the personas of the, of the, 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 of the, the users, the shoppers. Yeah. Uh, and, the but they won't really know, okay, what are the main issues that are happening with the website right now? So, so for example, um, when I did a customer survey for one of my clients, I found that even though their user experience was very good, that they didn't often understand which size to buy. So they needed more help understanding which um, size to buy, depending on which different product it is. So based on, you know, I heard that a lot from this customer survey. So then basically after that, I then used commercial optimization best practices to improve the website to convert more of those people on top of the existing UX best practices. So you, so if you've got a, 
a, a website that isn't particularly a good user experience, when I see that, I'll often tell the, the, the client or the prospect to say, look, you need some design love before we get into really the CRO aspect of this, first of all, because, um, it, it, you know, if, you're, if your website doesn't look professional, if it doesn't look modern, if, if, it, if it's, you know, there's a lot of things that are not easy to use, if you start mm-hmm. doing CRO on top of that, and to improve certain things, it's still not going to have as big or as impact as because you don't have a good user experience in the first place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that so, so really so and then yeah. in terms of the redesign, I, I think it's one of the best things you can do with redesigns, as you meant that you were asking earlier, is to to do more of an iterative improvements rather than just throwing out a website saying, oh that didn't work or maybe the founder doesn't like it anymore without realizing what does work and what doesn't work. So mm. that's why it's important to do this conversion research to find out using user testing, visitor surveys and customer surveys in particular to find out what those issues, um, hesitations and doubts were and, yeah. um, and also finding out what they did like because you don't want to get rid of the stuff that they did like and, and did work. So once yeah. and then so, once you understand so that, you say- and then build that into the UX prototypes, okay. knowing like okay, we know what what problems were. That let's do this prototyping and get UX in to do the design, and then get more feedback on it before you launch it, and then potentially depending on how much of a redesign you do, even launch a new product page first of all. Launch and then launch a homepage. Don't launch the whole thing at once because if you do launch the whole thing at once, you're not going to know what it was that actually had an impact on your conversion rates and revenue. So, so for example, mm. you may you may take one step forward but two steps back. Like you may have an amazing product page, but your filters may be terrible now and worse than before. And so you won't be able mm. to find products very easily. Or maybe your category mm. pages are not very engaging anymore. So, 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 so what's a wait period um, for for this iteration? Do you, you make an iteration on, on say the filtering system and on the catalog page, for instance, or your collection pages as referred to on Shopify? What? How long do you wait to sort of gauge the results? Say, okay, we've we've made progress, or it's retrogressive. Let's learn. We've we've, we've made a learning. Is it data? Is it time? Um, how do you sort of plow through those iterations in a redesign? Yeah, sure. So I would say it really is going to depend on how much traffic you have and how many conversions you've got. That's ultimately, I mean, if you've got a lot of traffic, you can you can get that data pretty fast. I would usually wait. You need at least a week to see the impact because you need to, to take into account the, the variation by the day of the week. But um, it's, it's never usually going to be... Um, most e-commerce websites don't have the luxury of that much traffic. So it's uh, it, it will really be depending on um, launching those iterative changes, but also trying to combine a few at the same time, because if you're only able to launch one at a time, then it's going to really slow down your ability to improve your website quite quickly. And that's where mm-hmm. it really comes in. If you know, for example, that there are stuff there's things hidden on your website that is kind of broken, you would just mm-hmm. fix those. So you don't even need to do any iterations on that. So for example, if you if you do conversion research and you find out that your forms, that, that one of the error messages isn't particularly clear, 
or on mobile, one of your on the smaller devices like 320 width, like the iPhone SE 2019 or the iPhone 5, which some which actually five percent of people can often be using on your website. If you don't understand those issues that they're having on there, um, it, it, then it's going to break the experience for them. So if you discover those issues, fix those. That that is kind of different than a redesign process. So I would always. Um, depending on how good the user experience of your website is in the first place, um, do those fixes first. And then depending on how many you have, and it's one of the great things you can do with also um, using visitor recordings. So you can watch what people do on your websites using tools like Hotjar. You can use things like um, looking for rage clicks is a newer kind of, um, feature of these tools where a rage click is defined as when someone is clicking crazily on one thing, either because it's not working or they're, they don't understand it. So um, mm. what's great about tools like Hotjar and things like Content Square is that it you can actually run a search to find these people who are doing these rage clicks. And so you can actually quickly figure out if something's broken because your QA mm. team may not have spotted it being broken. So that's mm -hmm. why you really need to... You're letting the machine really help you figure that out. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth? Cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's the deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, they'll extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Remember to head over to rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R 
G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. Just yes. going back to your your um your 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 your, your definition of CRO, would you say that um you know websites need to work essentially? They they don't yes. need to be pigs, as you said. Yeah. So they need to work well using you know user testing you know yes. principles, which is a whole is a whole sort of category in itself, or a whole discipline really in yes. itself. And then CRO's objective, essentially, in order to get CRO started, is getting into the mind of, you know, um, segments of, of, of shoppers, essentially, of users of your website, in order to understand their frustrations, what makes them happy, what makes them tick, and, and then take that learning towards, you know, actually fixing them. Yes, okay. exactly. Perfect. So getting into the minds of these users what techniques do you do you go for qualitative data do you go for quantitative data how do you sort of how do you prioritize on traffic because all traffic isn't equal you know um yes, i might certainly. you know uh, you know kim kardashian may have just said you know what um she likes the um phone cases that we sell and then yeah. my website just blows up yeah know? exactly that sort of traffic would be different from yes you know a normal boring wet monday right yes um so so how would you how would you sort of get into the minds of, of these these um, of, of users of your websites or shoppers? Well, yeah, that's a good question. So one of the things that I always ask clients when I'm beginning a, a, a project with them is looking into what their top traffic sources are and, and understanding what what they may have seen in a, in a like Facebook ad in order to, and then understanding whether even arriving on your website, because I see a lot of e-commerce businesses, they, they're very heavily reliant on Facebook ads. And if their Facebook ads aren't very good, you know, they're not very, they don't use unique value proposition in the, the titles, like, and they only use pretty average static or maybe a few animated GIFs in there. Then when they get to the website, um, it's often not the best start anyway. So uh, to me, conversion rate optimization isn't just the website. It's trying to optimize your traffic sources that go to the website. So because ultimately you could have the world's best website, but if you've got, um, if your traffic sources, particularly the ones that you're really in control of, like Facebook ads and Google ads, are not optimized to, to, to continue the message that comes from those, then they're going to mm-hmm. arrive on your website and they're already not going to be primed as much as they could be in order to, to purchase. And I see that mm. quite often because Facebook ads works so well often for driving mm-hmm. high quality uh, um, businesses. If you do it traffic. well, they're, they're, mm-hmm. I, I have clients that, you know, 70% of the traffic is Facebook ads. So if you don't mm. optimize that in particular and make it, you know, really that message continuation work really well between them, then that's why it's really important to focus on that segment of traffic that you were talking about. But then obviously mm-hmm. you want to, get the repeat visitors purchasing as as well as the first time visitors purchasing because mm-hmm. if you don't it, it, if like when they get to your website and if they don't like what they see they're not engaged and then when they move through through your website if they don't if there's information that's missing that, that they need to know in order for them to make a purchase decision they're not going to purchase anyway and then the people that do purchase if you don't treat them as a segment to get them to come back 
knowing what the, the, the typical purchase lifecycle is, what types of products they would buy in which order, setting up email automation, setting up retargeting in order to get that funnel of customers back um, to increase the revenue from that source. You're missing that too. So it's really three is mm. the, the pre traffic that's coming first time visitors and then your your customers you know your returning visitors are the to, yeah. to me are so, the biggest so so, so you, you you've mentioned traffic sources which you know um is definitely motivational um so if i just i don't know if i saw your if, if there was a mention in the press it'd be different from google or facebook but what other, I, I think you discussed, um, you, you know quantitative sources earlier which is like you know visitor surveys customers in terms of getting into the mind, really understanding what is going on in their in their head, so knowing where they're coming from provides excellent context. But are there any other sort of data points, um, you know, CRO um, practitioners can tap into towards you know really getting more insights, more customer insights? Yeah, yeah. So, or shop, shopper insights. Sorry. Yeah. So there's definitely the the whole uh, qualitative metrics, which are really important in the first place to understand the performance of your website, and that's where Google Analytics comes in in association with things like Shopify metrics to figure out what those top landing pages are, what's your shopping cart abandonment rate, what's your average order value, figuring out those. But but really, for for the CRO best practices, there's there's certain um, um, reports that you need to be focusing on. So, for example, you need to be looking at the conversion rates coming from your top landing pages. You need to be looking at the conversion rate from your main sources of traffic and your bounce rate for those. Because once you know those, you can then go about using a, a, um, a target to try and beat those. Not necessarily comparing to uh, articles you may have read out there, like, oh, you need to have a 2% conversion rate. Even in the same industry, so, um, it, it can vary depending on who your user is, what your exact product is. It may vary. So really trying to beat what your current metrics are showing. So Google Analytics is really important for that, mm. but also figuring out where those big drop-off points are. So looking at their shopping cart, looking at the abandonment cart um, metrics in there, which are really important to look at. Even using some of the more advanced e-commerce um, reports that are in Google Analytics that actually tell you what the shopping performance is for each of your products. So looking at the buy to detail rate of particular products, you might find that one of your best selling products doesn't actually convert very well. So once you know that, you can like, oh, okay, this, this product isn't converting as well as the other ones. Mm. You can think, oh, well, maybe there's something on this page that is not clear. And then that's what's great about doing the, quali the, the um, qualitative side of things. Once you've kind of figured out, okay, the major, these are the kind of issues from the qualitative, from uh, the quantitative from Google Analytics, you can then kind of direct the questions you, you know are potentially issues in your visitor surveys, your customer surveys, and your user testing, which is really the the, um, the conversion research, the, the real um, quality, the real qualitative uh, yes. feedback you get, which tells you you know why they are doing what they're doing, as opposed to the what which is to me is is much more important um being able to know why they're doing it because you any if you're a good web analyst you're going to find out what they're doing 
but you yeah. really need to take that to the next level and, and discover why they're doing it, which is where. So, 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 the, so the what is the quantitative? You're looking at it from a data anal- analysis standpoint. Yes. You're looking at landing pages. You're looking at conversion numbers. You're you're really a data analyst, really looking through all the macro level data. And then for qualitative, from what you said, the visitor survey, customer survey, and user testing. You're you're asking for first hand experience data, experience information from customers. I mean, Vista surveys are questions to them, you know, when they're visiting your site. Customer surveys are to your existing customers. And then user testing is getting in a group of um, testers, essentially, that match the demographics of your website to to, to actually test. And, you know, you ask them questions and then they go through the entire experience and give you feedback. So this is like user feedback, essentially. Yes, exactly. In various ways. Yeah. And and to me, it's, I would say it's a, it's a goldmine. It really is for the amount of insights and feedback that you get from it, but you have to know what questions to ask. And this is what I see out there that people have this misconception, even with surveys that, you know, I'm sure you've seen these surveys that pop up and annoy you like, Oh, would you like to give you feedback? And then you click it and then there's 20 questions. It takes way too long. Most of them are about the product. They're not, you know, they're, you know, quite, old fashioned and they're not particularly engaging. And then the, the, the type of feedback you get in it is, is more to help you understand the, the current performance of your website, even more towards mm. the, the quantity, the, um, the qualitative side, the whole numbers, like, you know, the, um, the, uh, would you, how often would you rate this to someone else? That, that those types of thing, which are good, but it doesn't tell you why you're not recommending it to yeah. others. Which brings me to my next question, which is how do you ask the right questions? Yes, that's very. So over the years, I've kind of figured out what works best and what doesn't work best. So the visitor survey is generally, you know, you you want to pop up this survey on your website. Not immediately. Definitely not. Same with same with these um, opt in pop ups. Don't do them on your first, your, your, as soon as the visitor arrives, they will annoy your visitor. I've seen it hundreds of times in, in user tests. Same thing with these um, surveys. You need to wait until they've at least seen a couple, been on your, your product page for a few minutes and then pop it up because, because mm-hmm. you, they won't be able to give you good insights. So it's not just the mm-hmm. questions, it's also the timing of it. But in terms of questions, business surveys are always good to ask fewer questions because you know they probably don't have a lot of time. And you, and the other thing is to incentivize it. So um, what I've found is that if you don't incentivize it in the right way, you won't get very many responses. And the questions, and if you do get good responses, they won't be of very high quality. So if you just simply mm. say you can win a $100 gift certificate uh, for giving your feedback, you will actually get people saying, just rubbish like this is great yes or no or very not not helpful because they ultimately they want to win the um the the gift certificate i even see it in uh, in responses this is um you you could ask like uh, what would make you increase what would increase the chances of you purchasing and some people will even say if I win this gift certificate, <laughs> just, so the way you, you so, can't get more. Yeah, no. So the way you get around that is you you need you need to ask them. Uh, we will give this gift certificate away to the the, the person who gives the the best and most useful feedback. 
it, yeah. and it and it works so well. So much it increases the quality of your traffic. Um, and sorry, it increases the quality of the the feedback that you're getting, which then gives you better website improvement ideas, which then increases your conversion rates. But in terms of the questions, uh, um, one of the most important ones is going to be really to ask: Are there any? Do you have any doubts or hesitations at the moment about this website or products? The, so. Um, and that's where you can kind of understand like, oh, okay, well, I'm not quite sure about this or I, I don't know, I can't understand the shipping con- pricing or like I, I'm missing this particular information or I can't find something. That is a very... So they're small- pain points. You're getting yeah, Exactly, pain trying points. to understand those yeah. pain points because once you know those pain points, you can you know address those fix. pain points to make sure other exactly. businesses don't have those pain points. So they'll exactly, they'll exactly. This is this is exactly how software, you know, optimizing SaaS products actually works. Uh, there's always that feedback loop. Yes, you know, which, exactly. Which, this which, feedback which gives loop. them, yeah, which gives them, you know, continuous improvement. You know, that that um, ability to continuously improve, which is what customers want, both new and and, and existing customers. Exactly. So this would pr- this would take us to like A/B split testing. Um, you, 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 you often say or mention why A-B testing doesn't work very well. Obviously, with this methodology you've just you know, shared with us, it will, you know, you have the right sorts of, you know, um, questions to ask, you know, from your hypothesis to, to really build a hypothesis for your A-B split testing. But why doesn't A-B split testing work? Um, and what other testing methodologies can you sort of apply based on all these insights you've, you've gathered from, from customers? Sure. sure. Yes, that's a good question. So I think that one of the kind of myths out there is that AB testing is zero and they're the same thing, but they're not. And you don't need sure. to do AB testing in order to improve your website. And, and actually the majority of websites that I'm sure many of you listening are, are, don't even have enough traffic to, to um, do A-B testing. Maybe you can on your homepage, but the majority of even my clients don't have much traffic to be able to do A-B testing. So mm. that's one of the issues that I'm sure the people listening are going to agree with. Like, oh yeah, that's I wanted to do it, but um, I didn't have enough traffic, so I presume I can't do CRO. But you can. This is where this conversion research side of things comes into it. But the other problem with A-B testing is that um, the, it, it's all dependent on the ideas that you have in the first place. So at the end of the day, A-B testing is just a tool. So if you don't put good ideas in it, you're not going to get good results. And in order to get those good ideas, you need to use conversion research um, and using web analytics insights to un- to, come, to create better hypotheses that, that you've seen there are issues that you know that if you improve those, it's going to have a much better chance of increasing your conversion rates. So that, and then the other issue that you're going to get with A-B testing is that it's the, the, it will tell you which version wins or doesn't, but it doesn't tell you why it's won or it doesn't. You can't actually ask visitors questions uh, and w- once they've seen a variation, very easily that's in this this part of the ab testing tool so you particularly if your ab test loses you won't really know why it lost so if you're not doing um there's the surveys customer surveys to understand what these likely issues are and you're not addressing those with your ab tests you're going to have a, a greater chance that they're going to lose but even if they do win you could try to figure out like oh okay i think it's because of 
XYZ reason that we have a hypothesis, we had a hunch, or like we saw an idea from another website, but you don't really know why. So those are the biggest challenges with A-B testing out there that generally lead to you not being able to do A-B testing because you don't have enough traffic. Or even if you do do it, you won't get very good results maybe from your first couple of tests. Then you're like, this doesn't work. And then uh, I'll just go back to spending money on Facebook ads and uh, all, all the other um, traffic sources that you've got, which again, it's going to increase your revenue. But if you're not um, if you're not increasing your conversion rate, you're, you're therefore you're not making those ads as profitable as well because you're having to spend more money in order to mm. acquire a new visitor. Because then when they get there, they don't convert as well as they should. So that's mm. why A/B testing can work well, but often it it doesn't work as well as you would think it does. And it's not talked mm. about enough, if you ask me. And I've been, like, I used to work for Adobe, working with a test and target tool back in um, 2012. And the clients back then were like, oh, it's all about A-B testing. Like, A-B testing, A-B testing, A-B testing, and A-B testing. And over the years, I've learned to less rely on, be less reliant on A-B testing to, to improve websites. And you can, say, for example, as I was talking about earlier, that you discover that on a, a small device that um, your buttons are hidden by a, 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 um, a filter pop-up or a, a live chat in the corner. If you know that, that you've discovered that is an issue, you just need to launch it. You don't need to A-B test that. Save when you know if your filters are not very good. You need to you need to get it to a standard where they are usable and enough people are going to interact with those using UX and CRO best practices in order to get it to the level it needs to be. Only then could you then, if you have, again, the luxury of enough traffic on your category page or search results, do some A-B testing. But that's... And then the other potentially good um, way of doing A-B testing is if, you, if you're if you using some kind of influence-related test for a headline that I don't know the answer and your customers, because you're getting a smaller sample size from visitor service, customer service, and user testing, you want to really test it in front of a big uh, sample size, which is where A-B testing yeah. helps. You know, So if you've got, you don't know whether to do a question more scarcity-based or more fear-based, fear of missing out, well, that yeah. work better than if you if you use a testimonial or a benefit-driven headline, and you don't want to just rely on what ten people have said um, from user exactly. testing or a hundred people from a visitor survey. That's where um, you'll get more results from doing um, high-impact A/B testing. Rich, thank you so much for for, for coming on the Two X E Commerce Podcast Show. Um, for those of you who want to learn more about, you know, Richard um, Page, is his website is rich-page.com or just Google Richard Rich Page. Um, he has a book called Web Optimization: An Hour a Day, which I'll link to the show notes. Rich, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, and thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. 
Catch you on the next show and keep growing.